0: all right good morning you are listening to the cannabis hour i'm your host jen Procacci. thanks for joining us today the cannabis hour is a bi-weekly radio program where we discuss all things cannabis. i am joined today by four awesome local farmers from mendocino county small cannabis farmers and we're going to be doing a deep dive into our local genetics. All these farmers were chosen for today's show because they have all been refining and stewarding local genetics for a very long time, some of them generationally, and we're going to be talking with them today about what that process is like, why they love working with our local genetics, and how they plan to move forward with that in the face of the current legal market for cannabis which we all know is not great so we're going to go around and introduce everyone that's on the air with us here today we have Patricia Vargas and Forrest Gowder from Sunroots Farm we have Joseph Haggard from Emerald Spirit Botanicals and we have Phil Cruz from Mendocino Family Farms thank you all so much for joining me this morning are you all here with us on the air you want to say hi Hello.
1: Hi. Thanks for having us.
0: Hey, Hey, good morning, everybody. Awesome. All right. Patricia and Forrest, would you like to go first and just introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell them a little bit about Sunroots Farm?
2: Uh, Good morning. Yeah, this is Forrest Gowder here. uh, uh, Patricia, my wife. We are Sunroots Farm. We are Sunroots Farm.
1: We're an award-winning regenerative farm. And we pride ourselves in growing food, herbs, and medicine. And we love to steward the earth and create habitats for our wildlife and for this amazing plant.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Forrest and Patricia have some incredible local cobolo genetics they work with, and we're definitely going to be talking about that very soon. So next up, Joseph Haggard from Emerald Spirit Botanicals. Would you like to introduce yourselves and or introduce yourself and say a little bit about Emerald Spirit for our listeners?
3: Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Joseph Haggard. Um, Emerald Spirit Botanicals is located just outside of Willits. We're a small family farm um, working with my mother, Katie Jean, and my brother, River, and my wife, Catherine. Um, we focus on genetics with unique cannabinoids, um, so weaving together THC with CBD, THCV, uh, and also some of the more elusive cannabinoids such as CBDV and CBG. Um, we use regenerative farming practices and are certified sun and earth, um, and also produce vegetables for the local community.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Joseph. And Phil Cruz from the awesome Mendocino Family Farm. Phil, you want to go ahead and say hi and tell our listeners a little bit about your amazing
4: farm? Yeah. Good morning. Uh, thanks for having me, Jen. Um, Mendocino Family Farm is um, also lo- located near Willits. Um, we're a sun and earth certified farm. Um, we're true. We're a true family ran farm with my wife Sue and I, and Paula, our daughter, and Melissa our other daughter. Uh, We've been up here on this piece of property for 22 years now. Um, We have a 10,000-foot permit to grow cannabis, and um, that's what we do. That's what we're best at. We also are regenerative, sustainable farm, and we grow pretty much all our own food as well. So yeah, thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for introducing yourselves and telling our listeners a little bit about what you do. So all of these people on today's show are an absolute wealth of knowledge and information, total professionals in their fields. And at the end of the show, in the last 15 minutes, um, you're going to have a chance to call in and ask questions or make comments. So definitely don't miss that opportunity. Everyone on today's show really knows what they're talking about. So I'd like to ask you all a question that I try to ask my um, participants every time I have a show, and that is, what does cannabis mean to you? What is your personal relationship with cannabis more specifically? So we'll all go around and a- answer that question, and then we'll move on to talking about the genetics, all your unique genetics. Patricia and Forrest, do you want to go first? What's your personal relationship with cannabis? Sure.
1: Sure. Um, My relationship with cannabis is that um, this is a a medicinal herb that has been used throughout time um, in my personal ancestral lineage. It has been used and I find a deep calling to it, to work with it, um, to provide a voice for this plant. And I'm very grateful that I've been chosen to work in this field the way that I have in order to help bring that to the world.
2: Yeah, hi. And this is Forrest. Uh, and I have always had a calling to cannabis ever since I'm a young age, uh, just growing up in the industry as it has developed. Um, and I just felt a calling to, you know, cultivate it and uh, steward it and, you know, develop new cultivars and, you know, just. Uh, it's shown me so many things and uh you know quite
1: the honor <laughs> quite the honor yeah.
2: thank you indeed it
0: is
3: quite the honor
0: all right joseph do you want to go ahead and tell us what your personal relationship with cannabis is
3: yeah um so i i smoked cannabis before i was cultivating it um when I was a late teenager and really just experienced the magic that it had to offer for both the body um, and our consciousness, kind of shifting perspectives um, And then, you know, began to to cultivate it and explore the healing that not only does this plant offer for us as human beings, but also its ability to be an adaptogen in the soil, um, supporting rejuvenation of the soil, just as much as it's supporting the rejuvenation of our minds. Um, And, you know, on Emerald, at Emerald Spirit Botanicals, um, my mother, Katie Jean, has really Uh, stewarded this really unique relationship with cannabis that goes beyond just breeding the plant and and growing the plant, but also communing with the spirit of cannabis, the life force that lives behind the physical body. Um, And so for us, we have sort of what I describe as as a spiritual scientific relationship with the plant, um, where we're honoring the physical material elements of the plant, but we're also taking one step further to acknowledge some of the unseen, uh, some of the unseen magic that this plant brings forward uh, for us all to experience and appreciate.
0: Thank you, Joseph. Very beautiful. And we will for sure um, dive into that relationship further as we chat. Um, Phil, do you want to tell us what is your personal relationship with cannabis?
4: Sure. Well, my relationship with cannabis uh, goes back to when I was a really young kid. Um, my sister married um, a guy that was like way ahead of his time in the cannabis industry. And being a young guy, you know, you can get influenced pretty pretty easily when someone older than you um, starts to educate you in something like cannabis. So cannabis ever since then it's pretty much everything that's been around my life and it's not like it's cannabis comes back to you no matter what happens it's always going to be in your life when you have a passion for a plant like that it just keeps coming back and coming back and reminding me how important this plant is in the world Um, when I first started um, working around cannabis before I grew you know the laws were really stiff and So I learned really at a young age about jail. You know, first time I went to jail for for, uh, smoking cannabis, I was 13 years old. And then I went to jail again when I was 16 years old. So, you know, it's really deep into me on the political side as well as the spiritual side, like Joe was mentioning. This plant is probably the most powerful plant in the world. And it does have a soul. I believe it has a soul. So that's my special relationship is, is the same as when I was 15. It is now. It hasn't changed. And it's amazing how it's just kind of overtaken me um, 100% in my life and in a good way. So that's the thing about cannabis. It's like, you know, once you're in and once you are love that plant, sometimes you're going to hate it too. But the plant's not going to let you leave. It just has so much energy. So that's pretty much um, the relationship I have with cannabis. It's, it's really deep into my roots.
0: Awesome. That's super beautiful. I love hearing what you all have to say in your beautiful relationships with cannabis. Thank you so much for sharing that with me and with our listeners. And now we're going to dive into the genetics that you all are bringing to the table in our community. Um, you all have specific genetics that you've been working with for a very long time. And as far as I understand from speaking with you all, you all work with very different genetics as well. Um, So I'm so interested to hear you talk and talk to one another and talk with me as we discuss this on the air today. So the first thing I would love to just like get the conversation rolling with is what are your primary genetics that you work with on your farm that you feel like are yours? You know, like either you bred them and developed them or, you know, all genetics sort of came from elsewhere to begin with. But what do you really hold close to your heart that you've been working with at your place for a long time that you think is unique? And we'll kind of go around and you you all can say something and then you can kind of talk with each other too, if that's the way the conversation flows. So Patricia and Forrest, do you want to go first with talking about your heirloom genetics over there at Sunroots?
1: Sure. Um, you know, one of our main cultivars that we've been working with for almost a decade now is the velvet perps and the velvet perps uh definitely spoke to us out in the garden one year um she had bright neon leaves and a very purple bud with these magenta hairs. And when you looked at her closely through like a magnifying glass, you could almost see not just milky trichomes, but like a hint of lavender in there too. And it was something that was, that spoke really loud to us. It was a very magical plant. Um, I remember exactly where it was. Um, And the velvet perps comes from a lot of jagu genetics, which if you've heard of jagu, um, our brother, Mikey Gowder, as well as... Uh, Noel Manners, who recently passed away, rest his beautiful soul um, crossed a jasmine and an afgu together and created the jagu, which we um, because we are a family and we do uh, each of the brothers of the gouders <laughs> create their own pollination and create um, seeds, so there's this constant crossing of um, pollinate, pollen and seeds happening within the family and then within the community as well so the velvet perps uh really has stuck out with us um that was a jagu t2 cross back into itself um and the magic bus which was one of uh Forrest's father's cultivars up on the hill in kovalo the same region we really love working with these genetics because they are so acclimated to our specific region that they thrive we never see mold issues powdery mildew Uh, they're more resistant with bugs they're just super strong stemmed plants that we love to work with and we've continued to breed into so most of our genetics are going to have that that velvet perps background somewhere in it so that's what we're doing over here (laughs) Just working with what best works in the garden and is going to um, express itself the the best, you know, the healthiest and the most thriving is is what we're trying to continue to produce.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I actually have a couple questions for you before we move on. Um, one of them is: Do you know the lineage and background on the Jasmine cultivar, and where the family acquired that?
1: We do not know. Um, we know that the AFKU is Middle Eastern. And um, you know how seeds are. They just, especially like, if anyone knows our brother, Mikey, he's always, he's got all these seeds and he's always just spreading them around to the entire community, which is amazing. Um, and seeds kind of come and go here uh, from family, friends. And I think at one point, maybe your dad's father- Uh, got some seeds and it's just been a constant like family pass down and just continuing to cross things at the Jagu really stuck so I can't say specifically where it all came from um, but it's it's come from somewhere
0: (laughs) totally and one more question is um, can you speak a little bit to the lineage of the T2 this is something that I have always wondered I have worked with the T2 and the T1 myself. And for our listeners that don't know, I also have a cannabis farm in Covalo. So I am familiar with these local genetics that Patricia is detailing right now. Yeah, T1 and T2, I always thought they were super interesting and I could never get much information on them. So do you have any light you can shed on that?
1: The T2, T1, you know, when I first moved to Covalo, which was about a decade ago now, that was the first uh, flower I ever saw and trimmed on. And I just remember it being so beautiful. And I'm coming from the East coast. So I I saw a lot of indoor grows happening there. And when I came out here, I was just like, wow, this tea tree is so good. It's so heady. It's it's tight buds. It's this beautiful color. Um, And I knew that a lot of our local uh, neighbors were growing it at that time. as far as where that specifically comes from i'm not sure that could be just another mikey Gowder seed drill around
2: yeah it's- I wish- i'm not really sure where it came oh, from oh go ahead yeah i'm not really sure exactly where it came from uh, it just like was in the community kind of the same time as uh, you know like the afgu was around um, we were just playing with those seeds at the time Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Wish we had more details, but that's kind of the way of the seeds is that they, and, and not just with cannabis seeds, it's like all of the seeds continue to spread themselves one way or another. That's the way of our nature that, you know, through the wind, the seeds will carry and the pollen will carry and seeds are going to plant themselves. And that's something, you know, that we've already suggested here Cannabis is such a strong plant that she's going to plant herself wherever she wants. And she finds her way to the right hands for the stewards that are going to grow her. So that was kind of what T2 and the AFKU did. They they found us in Covalo and we went with it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for that. And yeah, that's something that I really want to um, reiterate for our listeners. And uh, that was part of the inspiration for today's show is that in the cannabis community out here in Mendocino, there is this really strong community tradition of sheed, seed sharing and sharing genetics, passing genetics around to different people. Um, you know, when I first moved to town, actually, I rented a house from Forrest Brother and the first cannabis plants I ever grew were jagu plants that his family gave me. And I still work with some of those genetics on my farm today. So there is this really... Strong tradition of sharing, and it leads to all these incredible cultivars like this T1, T2 that we're talking about, which is one of the most like psychedelic cannabis strains I've ever smoked. I remember growing it in my garden one year and smoking it and being like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm tripping on acid. This is crazy. I can't (laughs) wait to get this like strain tested. The THC is going to be through the roof. And it was like 13% THC. Um, which is funny. And it's something else that I wanted to make sure we touched on today as part of this conversation is that there's so much magic, like everyone has mentioned in the cannabis plant. And it's not just about THC, it's about all these terpenes and all these energies that the plant develops in our local environment. And these local genetics that we have to share are extremely special and important to preserve. So I'm hoping that listeners out there Will um, understand the gravity of preserving these local genetics and try to support local farmers um, as well. You know, support their flower that they bring to market because all of the farmers on today's show bring these local genetics to market, and you can access them in the regulated cannabis market. And actually, everyone that's on this show today has their cannabis available at Plant Shop in Ukiah which is a local shop that showcases local farmers really beautifully. And I think that there is an event coming up this weekend. Um, Joseph, did you want to say something about that event? Are you participating in that?
3: Yeah. um, So Plant Shop is located on Orr Springs Road. They have a beautiful little outdoor lounge consumption area. um, And they have partnered with the Mendocino Cannabis Alliance, to support uh, sort of like a farmers market um, with the cannabis farmers in the region. Um, so on Saturday, uh, the 29th, um, you can show up anytime between 12 noon and 5 p.m. And there will be a group of farmers there. You can meet us, you can talk to us, you can share your stories or hear our stories. And then our flower will also be available um, for purchase. So it's a wonderful opportunity to get out, share time with your community and get to share some face time with some of these incredible farmers that are here in Mendocino County breeding um, some incredible genetics.
0: Awesome, thank you, Joseph. Yes, you can access genetics from all of these amazing folks that are on today's show at the Plant Shop event. So, that's a great opportunity if you're interested in supporting small farmers. All right, um, Joseph, I would love for you to talk a little bit about the cultivars that you work with over there at Emerald Spirit Botanicals and how you what what are their origin stories? How did they come into your family? I know that you work with some really cannabinoids so tell us all about it
3: yeah so um i'll kind of just give a quick summary of our story and then i'll dive into one of our genetics specifically so um about 15 years ago um, my mom had a calling um to transition into cannabis she's been farming her whole life but cannabis wasn't really a core focus of that Um, and she was called in to work with CBD um, as a medicinal uh, force um, in the cannabis plant. And so she, she first started about 15 years ago, growing um, out a variety of different genetics and was intuitively breeding with the plant. Um, she wasn't aware of THC CBD percentages, but she knew intuitively that she was really looking for um, these medicinal compounds um, within the plant. And that led her to breed a strain that we still cultivate today. It's called Rose Queen. Um, and Rose Queen is a 1 to 20 CBD flower. So it has uh, less than 1% THC um, and has around 18 to 20% CBD with a really beautiful floral osamine nose and um, and harvests, you know, kind of early, mid-October, beautiful structure. Um, and that was kind of how we got our journey started with uh, unique cannabinoids. Um, it was a couple years later that uh, really she came to this realization that um, our society is is quick to jump to an extreme, like a super high THC or a super high CBD. There is this kind of idea that like, The bigger the number, the better. And she was actually feeling a calling for something different and really felt that cannabis is all about balance. Cannabis is about homeostasis and restoring balance in the system. And we see that happening within our body. Um, I won't go into the endocannabinoid system because that's a whole nother talk, but it's essentially the system inside of our body that helps us to maintain balance um, within the body for pain relief, inflammation relief, and, and so on. And so really we, we, we shifted paths and went towards this exploration of balanced ratios. So one-to-one ratios of of THC to CBD. That was the first direction that we went um, after Rose Queen. And we used the same some of the similar genetics, and we created a strain called Harmony Rose. And Harmony Rose was was first put out, um, about 10 years ago, roughly. It was one of the first one-to-one THC to CBD strains to enter the market. And it has around eight to 10% THC and eight to 10% CBD, um, and also holds that kind of rich osamine floral nose. So it's kind of like a rosewood. how I describe it uh, often, and and once we stabilized, um, f- we stabilized a few different one to ones. Um, actually, we we worked with the T1 um, as well a little bit, which my understanding is it's a it's a Dos Rios heirloom um, that was kind of a, a cross of um, a farmer's favorite genetics that they were working with and they crossed them together and they called it the one and and it was called t1 and i'm trying to think of the name of that farmer and it's escaping me right now but um i recall he was out of dos rios um Mm -hmm. and so we worked with with that lineage um, and we worked with a number of of other lineages to create um equinox which was a one-to-one uh, Dancing Sun, which was another one-to-one, um, and really kind of explored that realm for a while with, with THC and CBD. Um, about six years ago, we started to jump um, even further into the unique cannabinoids and started to work with a cannabinoid called THCV. The V is, stands for for varin. Um, it's a slightly different cannabinoid than THC. Um, and THCV is kind of like it's described as kind of like a coffee cannabinoid. It has similar effects of energizing and focusing. Um, it's also an appetite suppressant or an appetite regulator. So it helps us to come back into balance with how we consume, which I think is is a medicine that our culture is in deep need of, is, is regulating how much we consume. And so our work with THCV um, moved forward in a varietal called Pink Boost Goddess. And Pink Boost Goddess um, came from... Uh, Aaron and Jane, um, which Jane has some relationship here with the Cannabis Hour as well, Um, and and then also um, Linda Liu, and and kind of honoring their work that they were doing, kind of intuitively breeding, and then kind of noticing that, oh, you know, these genetics, there's something unique here. And they weren't, they hadn't put their finger on the THCV, um, but they knew that there was every once in a while in this seed lot. there was a plant that would come forward that expressed something different and so we got some of those seeds and we did a um we did a test grow with them and we found that about one in 50 plants had about two percent thcv and this was about six years ago so then we started breeding with that um and now today we've um we've pretty much been able to stabilize the seed lot to have uh, THCV around 7 to 8%. Um, we've seen it as high as 11% THCV, and then we we still do see some seeds that are coming in in, like, the 4 to 5% THCV. But even six years ago, to have a plant that was at 2% THCV was incredible. It was something that people would be shouting from the rooftops to let people know that 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 was a genetics that they've had. And so for us, it was this opportunity to really dive into the unseen realm. And this is where our work with Spirit was really able to um, be highlighted and that we were literally working to bring forward a unique cannabinoid that had never been brought forward at that level of potency. Um, And so this was something that had never been done before. There was no books on how to breed THCV. There was no, nobody had done this. So it was really us and the plants and working with the plants through what we call plant spirit communication, um, plant meditations and visioning workshops to, to help understand What does the spirit of cannabis want to bring forward for humanity at this time? And when we were asking those questions, THCV was what was coming forward. And Pink Boost Goddess was the strain that was manifesting itself in the garden as the messenger of THCV. And so now we are here in 2022. We've been breeding with the Pink Boost Goddess for six years um, this last year, it won the uh, California State Fair is the most unique flower in California. And it's also got the Emerald Cup Award the last two years in a row, as well as some unique cannabinoid awards and uh, unique terpene profile awards. So it, it really has been the strain for us that's kind of helped us um, survive in this transitionary market. Um, and has really given us something unique and different to stand on to kind of showcase our work um, and, and our approach as well. I think it Pink Boost Goddess is a story that really highlights the importance of not God. ignoring the spirit, but also supporting the work with science and the work with spirit. Because Absolutely. without science, we wouldn't have identified THCV and without spirit we wouldn't have been able to bring that forward um, so that was that's kind of our, our journey with Pink Boost Goddess and now we're moving forward to explore some of these other unique cannabinoids um, as well. So Awesome, I'll, thank we'll you Joseph there.
0: thank you for sharing that with us, um, it's really interesting that both you and Patricia and Forrest were working with the T1 genetics um, even though your farms are in the same general area, but actually pretty far away distance-wise. Phil, do you want to tell us a little bit about the genetics that you are working with over there on Mendocino Family Farm? I know you've been working with some of the same genetics, I think you told me, for like 30 years now. Um, So yeah, tell us all about it. We'd love to hear about what you've got going on over there. And you've got some great stories about it too.
4: Yeah, well, um first like as far as breeding cannabis uh my breeding goes all the way back to the 70s when there wasn't uh any cannabis coming from asia uh seeds coming from afghanistan and whatnot Um, we were only able to work with the columbian gold my brother-in-law been working with the columbian gold since the early 70s and um they came up with the purple haze that's where the purple haze came from um but anyway i got my first uh look at that how they were doing that and then i moved up to uh, humboldt county my family was living up there and i moved up there in the early 80s and you know by then i was in my 20s and the afghani and the uh, paki was pretty much the only thing I, the Afghu is one of those that came out really early in the 80s. Um, someone uh, took the pure Afghani and crossed it, I believe, with some kind of haze and got the the Afghu. But then, like in the middle of the 80s, um, the seed bank all of a sudden came up to, to our attention. And we started ordering seeds uh, from the seed bank in Holland, we, you know, we were like the first ones to have the Durban poison and the skunk one and the Northern Lights and the early girl. And we had this elephant seed, you know, so we started breeding all those, you know, so I had all that breeding going on pretty good in the 80s. And uh, then uh, the police came to my house and pretty much wiped out all my breeds and I had to start over. So once I got out of jail and off probation, um, some friends of mine from San Francisco, they this was in the early 90s, started coming up with this stuff called OG Kush. And we had this other one called The Dog. It wasn't The Kim Dog. It was The Dog. And so we had this OG Kush and The Dog. We were up in Tahoe. And, and those two were like above and beyond everything else out there. There wasn't anything even close. You know, we related to like a swamp thing so that started coming to my attention right away and then the gorilla glue four came out and the the you know the of course the gdp the granddaddy perp was already been there so i started working with those pretty much in the 90s uh once i was able to get a uh og kush cut from these guys in san francisco they were holding out and holding out and finally it a friend of mine started working with them and he he got me this og kush and i have been breeding it uh, since 1996. we've been uh taking a clone from the original og kush and um you have to excuse me someone's phone
0: Yeah, you were saying there about that OG Kush cut. That certainly sounds... Yeah, so the OG Kush,
4: it was hard to get. And so, you know, what I started thinking about is um, just getting some pollen from someone that was another Kush and started using that pollen with the um, original OG clone. So every year since 1990 like six or so, we've been bringing that OG Kush cut back up to my farm and inbreeding it back to it until, you know, five, six, seven years went by. And we had like, that was my bread and butter, the OG Kush from seed plant. And there wasn't anybody up here that had a seed of it that I was aware of it. So we started passing that seed out to all all my friends up in Leggett and Humboldt and That's pretty much where you see, like, the fire OG, you know, a bunch of these other OGs from Mobile County pretty much started from that original cut. So, yeah, so it's been, you know, going on since then. Now we're in, what, 2022 here, and, um, you know, there was a few years here, the last few years where the OG was, everybody was growing it, so we put it out, we took it out of production, but this is our first year. We brought it back in production. We've crossed it with this Lemonhead OG, which my good friend, Boxcar Kelly, that's his breed. And it's also uh, bred in there with some Dox OG. So we have the, the original OG crossed with the Dox OG and the Lemonhead OG. And um, so that's, we brought that in production this year. And yeah, you know, so that's what we're we're looking to go in. But, mostly now i'm kind of starting to go backwards with some some genetics we won the state fair with that gmo cookies which was the kim dog cut uh gmo cookie so we crossed that with lemonhead the lemonhead also has the the uh kim dog uh, genetics in it so i've been trying to get those genetics and i'm like a reverse i'm trying to get back to the the original Kim dog with that carolopholine chirp, and I'm really in love with it for some reason now. I really love it. So now I'm working on going backwards with that genetics. So I I want some of those real Tim dog uh, genetics coming back. So that's where I'm at now, and so we're R and D in that now. And next year I'm definitely going to put that in production. That one's that one's super super nice. It's a real sativa. Um, dominant plant. So that's what I'm really into is the old sativa type things.
0: That is awesome, Phil. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's amazing that you've been working with that OG for so long. It's beautiful to hear um, what you all have going on. You all have different genetics with some crossover, but sort of like different branches you're working with um, in your farms. And it's beautiful to see the common thread between all of those and beautiful to hear how passionate you all are about working with the genetics that you've chosen and that have chosen you um, for your cannabis practices. And you know, it's interesting because I know that um, genetics that Sunroots works with, they have a sort of a very um, fruity nose, for lack of a better term, like very sweet phil you sound really into the gassy strains um, joseph your farm is over there working with THCV and other sort of lesser known cannabinoids and it brought this question to my mind um do you guys like smoking other people's cannabis or do you feel more attuned specifically to the cannabis that you're cultivating on your farms um, i know that a lot of folks say that the terpenes that you're drawn to in cannabis are actually the ones that are most beneficial for your body. Like your body needs those terpenes to heal or to like come to a certain balance. And um, there's definitely a lot of varying preferences in the cannabis community over different terpenes and, and different strains. So Patricia and Forrest, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Um, Do you like to smoke your own stuff or other people's or both?
1: Absolutely. We love to smoke our flower. And that is a, big reason of why we're growing what we grow um, like with the velvet perps there's a lot of the because we have that deep color we have anthocyanines, which you can find in blueberries and other purple red um blue fruits and that helps with free radicals it helps to um, eliminate toxins in the body there's a list of medicinal um, benefits that come from anthocyanines. Uh, another one is the beta carotene that we usually find in our terpene profiles, which is high anti-inflammatory. And these are kind of the things that I think, as a society, you know, we do need to be aware of of how the medicine is affecting our bodies. And absolutely, when we're smoking our strains, I feel the best. Um, I do dabble in other people's strains and love to smoke what my friends are growing. Um, it's just a little different when. You've grown it yourself, and you know these plants so well that they can speak to you on a different level, and they can create effects in within your mind, within your body, and spirit that are um, directly communing from the plant to you. And especially when you've sown the seed, it's like you know. Every time we sow a seed, we actually inoculate it a little bit with our own DNA um, by uh, with saliva that we then put in soil that we've been building for years. It's just a whole nother level of connection, which is why we're, we always tell people, you know, growing your own medicine is so important, whether it's cannabis or other herbs or food. So absolutely that connection, it doesn't compare to anything else, but there's so many awesome uh, cultivars out there that we love to smoke as well, but for sure we love smoking our own, own cannabis.
0: Awesome, thank you, Patricia. Um, Joseph, do you have anything you wanted to add about uh, smoking the THCV and other um, can, the other varieties that you are
3: cultivating up there with the rare
0: cannabinoids, and how that sort of relates to your own preferences and your family's preferences?
3: Yeah, and and you know just to respond um, to Sunroots and and the way that they're inoculating their seeds, um, you know, I think as a farmer and, and, and as a plant, you know, this plant is really has a desire to connect with people. And, you know, I, I just love the fact that they're taking that extra step to, um, you know, germinate the seeds working um, with their saliva and drawing from the work of Anastasia and, and kind of honoring that deeper connection um, of the farmer and the plant. Um, I think that's something that, isn't talked about that much. And there's very few people that are doing it. Um, but I, I think that is, I mean, the power behind that practice, um, cannot be overspoken. Um, and, you know, for me, I've been smoking cannabis for, you know, over 15 years. Um, and it's interesting because for me, I can't really smoke a high THC strain. Um, for me anything above 14% THC I just it it just doesn't sit that well with my body um and so it's it's been kind of a challenge of like wanting to know what other people are doing and and experiencing their work but also you know the way that my internal chemistry is is really this like one to one balance for me and my body like once I started experiencing it it was kind of something that I couldn't go back from Um, and so really this calling of of balanced cannabinoid ratios um, it just speaks to my body in a in a really unique way and so I definitely you know I'm I'm smoking the majority of what I'm smoking is our pink boost goddess and our harmony rose um, right now and then I'm exploring um, you know some of our other unique genetics that we're cultivating but I am personally a huge fan of the low potency THC genetics, I think these other cannabinoids have so much to offer and THC is just the tip of the iceberg, Um, and I encourage everyone to explore some of these other experiences um, more so. Thank you know, you. I, I, I'm guilty in saying that I, I pretty much mostly smoke my own flour, but I, I like to <laughs> I like to try other people's when, when I know it's a low, low THC strain. Totally.
0: Yes. It's not just about the THC. That's right. There's a lot going on there. And yes, on the flip side here, um, Phil Cruz, I know that you breed some really super high THC flour um, and that you love to... I think smoke mostly gassy strains. So, do you want to speak a little bit about, um, speak to that a little bit, why you prefer that? And after we hear from you, we're actually going to open up the phone lines and hopefully hear from some listeners out there. So, go ahead, Phil. Do you like to smoke mostly your own flour? And if so, why?
4: Um, Well, I think the main reason I like to smoke my own flour, I mean, I like to smoke other people's flour as long as I know that farm and what they're actually doing, you know, if if it's just flour from a farm and I don't really know the farm, then I pretty much stay away from it because I just feel like too many people are using too many fertilizers and, and who knows what else. So, um, you know, yeah, I love smoking all cannabis from everywhere, but these days it's just like, there's so much, food in the in the cannabis and who knows what else you know just like i think it's really important what i'm trying to say is to know your own farmer if you're going to smoke cannabis and if you're going to the store and buying cannabis um i would really suggest that you look for that sun and earth certified plaque and if it's not in there to ask your store why isn't it in there because uh you know when you're smoking sun and earth certified cannabis you know you're getting the cleanest cannabis. that's probably the most important thing for me and smoking other people's cannabis is knowing that it's clean i think that should be the most important thing for a consumer to go in and, and make sure that they know their farmer who they're buying their weed from but um yeah you know i'm guilty of being the gas guy Um, I think I do think that um, with my relationship with cannabis is pretty much the opposite of Joseph's Um, I you know I'm a lot older than him and so I I feel like the older folks the higher the THC um, starts lighting things up in their brain that start shutting down um, when we get older you know our brain doesn't have the connections that it had when we were younger. So I think the high THC is really, really important to, uh, to bring out that childish feeling in yourself. You know, I'm 64 and I, you know, I feel like I'm 24, you know, just my attitude and everything. And I think that has a lot to do with the high THC levels in cannabis, um, just kind of keeping you young. You know, also the high THC levels, um, I truly believe in the future, is going to help people get off opiates, you know, once we've learned a little bit more about the, the THC, you know, it's definitely not addicting like the opium. So I think there's THC to me when I hear someone say that THC is not that important. I really believe that THC is the most important ingredient in the cannabis because without the THC, for one, we wouldn't be talking on this show. You know, I mean, back in the earliest, earliest days of smoking cannabis, people, you, you know, the only thing they really knew that the THC was was the main ingredient that was doing the job. And, and um, so I really feel like when I, you know, THC, you know, is the most important ingredient at this time you know i'm I'm sure we're going to find out a bunch of more others but i just that's just how i feel about it you know i think and i i mean i enjoy it it helps with the pain it helps you keep young like i said so but i do enjoy smoking uh joseph's herb and i have smoked uh forest and patricia's weed and they definitely are good growers and jen too i mean You know, I I enjoy smoking the weed, but I know these farms. I know that they're regenerative. I know they're sustainable. So, yeah, I enjoy smoking smoking the you know people's farms that I know. Thank
0: you, Phil, and I am super glad to hear that cannabis is helping you feel youthful and stay vital out there with all the hard work you do. We are reaching the end of our hour. Unfortunately, the time just flew by with all these incredible folks sharing their knowledge with us. But we do have time for one or two quick callers here. So if you're out there listening and you have a quick question or a quick comment for our farmers here on the air, you can give us a call. The number is 707-895-2448. That is 707-895-2448. And while we wait to see if we have any callers that want to chime in today, I just want to let our listeners know that there is a Mendocino Cannabis Department public meeting this Friday from 8:30 a.m. to 10 a.m. I believe this was just announced yesterday, and if you want to find some information on that, uh, you can find that on the events page for 2022 on the Cannabis Programs website. And again, that's a Mendocino Cannabis Department public meeting this Friday, which would be October 28th from 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. All right. So that number, again, for any listeners we have out there that might want to quickly call in is 707-895-2448. That is 707-895-2448. Okay. While we are waiting, since we are getting close to the end, Patricia and Forrest, do you will...
1: I just lost a uh, connection there. I, d- I didn't hear the question.
3: Yeah, I think we might have did we lose Jen? She says she's still on here, but hello, hello.
0: can you hear me there? yes there we go oh I think I might have had a technical glitch there for a minute but I can hear you all so I'm not sure where I left off there will someone let me know
1: didn't hear the question I heard Patricia and that's about it
0: (laughs) okay yes Patricia and Forrest would you like to tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Sunroots Farm
1: Sure thing. Uh, the best way right now is going to be our email because our Instagram was unfortunately shut down. Not sure why. Um, it happens very often with legal cannabis farms. Um, so you can be contacted at Farm at gmail.com. That's S-U-N-R-O-O-T-S-F-A-R-M at gmail.com. Awesome.
0: Thank you so Thanks. much. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for being on here and sharing all about your special genetics. Joseph, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find out more about Emerald Spirit Botanicals?
3: Yeah, you can uh, check out our website. It's www.emeraldspiritbotanicals.com. We're also on Instagram um, at emeraldspiritbotanicals.com. Or, sorry, at Emerald Spirit Botanicals. Um, and then uh, we're, we also just made a, a Facebook business page, so trying to expand into some other of the social medias. Um, you can also find us at farmcutcannabis.com. That's our um, cannabis cooperative where we're partnered with other um, small farms in the Emerald Triangle. Uh, and that's kind of our brand where we're selling our flower through. Um, so, emeraldspiritbotanicals.com or farmcutcannabis.com or Instagram at emeraldspiritbotanicals.
0: Okay, thank you so much. And, Phil Cruz, where can our listeners find out more about Mendocino Family Farms or get in touch with you if they would like to?
3: Phil, you're you're
4: muted. Thank you. Sorry, Ron. Um, we're uh, at, we have a website. It's www.mendocinofamilyfarm.com, and we're also at Mendo Family Farm on Instagram. Awesome. And, oh, go and ahead. You'll see me. Come on down Saturday if you uh, to the plant shop. I'll be hanging out there all day. Smoking joints.
0: It sounds awesome. So will you guys all be at the plant shop event on uh Saturday? All the farmers on this show, will you all be there?
1: Uh Sunroots might not make it to that one, but we will. They're also hosting an event on the 5th of November. So we will be there for that event.
0: Excellent. And is anyone bringing their 2022 fall harvest to the plant shop on Saturday? I know it's a little early, but is anyone going to have fresh flower there?
3: I will have fresh flower for people to look at Um, the compliance details in terms of distribution and co-attesting and all the reviews that it has to go to through um, we will not yet have it available on the shelf um, I also feel like our, our fresh flour is still it still needs to cure a little bit um, and so what we have is is our last year's flower available but don't shy away um, we have our flour vacuum sealed packaged in mason jars The cure right now is phenomenal. It is the smoothest that it will be all year. And the way that we package it helps to preserve those trichomes and terpenes. So it's still got the flavor, still got the color, still has a nice hit. Um, And we'll be smoking it all weekend long. Awesome. Phil Cruz, are you gonna have some of this year's flower
0: at the um, event at the plant shop on Saturday?
4: Uh, Absolutely. We're going to have some uh, grapes and cream. That is a really nice smoke. I'm really enjoying it. So we'll have that there. Um, I will have some other stuff. Like Joe said, it's going to be you can take a look at it. We could smoke some, but it's it's curing. You know, we had a really late harvest here, so we got a late start starting to harvest. Um, So yeah, we're going to be mainly on that grapes and cream. We we will have the uh, state fair award winning uh, GMO. If anybody wants some really high THC um, herb, we'll have that there as well. Um, like Joseph said, um, some of the stuff the way it's cured from last year just you know it's it's I enjoy it more now than I did at the beginning of the season just because it's so smooth and it just tastes tastes so good. So yeah, we'll we'll have some other strains there from 2022, but we won't have our new OG Kush. It's just starting to dry now. So that's going to be something that will probably come out in another month or so.
0: Awesome. Thank I, you. I just, well, oh, we're actually we're, to, we're at the end of our time here today, so unfortunately, we've got a wrap And I just want to say thank you so much to everyone for joining us, Patricia and Forrest from Sunroots Farm, Joseph from Emerald Spirit Botanical, and Phil from Mendocino Family Farms, three of our incredible, four of our incredible local farmers here in Mendocino County. And thank you so much for tuning into the Cannabis Hour. I will be back two weeks from today with another show for you all. And I hope you have a beautiful day.